Welcome to I Got Back Up, Getting Back Up With. I'm Talia Lazarus, the founder of I Got Back Up, and in August 2021, my life changed. I was in a road accident, which led me to 10 weeks of no walking, knee surgery that September, and then double knee surgery in February 2022. After learning how to walk again in my 20s, my journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. Everybody has a story, and everyone's story is different, but even in the smallest of ways, we can all relate. And as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up, or how, why, and when something happened. We tend not to discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, and the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have the chance to change your story. So come face to face with your fears and step out into the unknown. You don't have to be ruled by those fearful and negative emotions anymore because there is so much beauty and adventure on the other side. You can face all your obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We are stronger together. Our sexuality is the foundation of who we are as human beings and having confidence around that part of ourselves can affect our confidence in other areas of our lives. Carla Cravaro is a trauma-informed and certified sex, love and relationship coach. She works internationally to help people understand themselves and each other, sexually and relationally. In sexuality, we can hold a lot of shame. This shame can make us shut down, close off and not be open to the world around us, disconnecting and hiding. So being aware of where we hold the shame around our sexuality and no longer being triggered or afraid of experiencing it and bringing that awareness, being able to fall in love with your own body, fully accepting that part of ourselves enables us to have a lot of confidence in being intimate with others. All human beings want the same thing, a deeper connection. We just have all been conditioned very differently. We're triggered and react to different things. And most of the time, it's actually nothing personal to do with you when your partner is triggered. It's probably something from the past. So how do we learn how to be vulnerable? Be clear on what we do and don't want. Set firm boundaries and share our thoughts and emotions from a place of self-responsibility. All whilst learning to love ourselves and appreciate just what we see in the mirror. Today's episode, I'm joined by Carla. How are you? Hi, thank you, Natalia. I'm really well, thanks. Good, good. So obviously today's episode, we're going to go down a little bit of a different path. And what we're going to talk about is, um, was we're going to talk about, you know, the human body, but in the sense of the outside, not inside. Um, and we're going to obviously discuss things like, you know, being confident and comfortable with your with yourself, and then how that can play out with things like sex. So the floor is over to you. So if you want to kind of tell everybody just a little bit about yourself and then why we are here today. Hi, everyone. So um, my name is Carla Crivaro. I'm a trauma-informed and certified sex, love and relationship coach. Um, I work with men and women to help them understand themselves and each other, um, both sexually and relationally. Um, yeah, and I wanted to talk today a little bit about um, sort of our sexuality and our bodies and how really coming to love ourselves and, you know, most importantly, love, um, you know, our genitals can actually give us this huge sense of confidence in who we are as um, human beings. Um, you know, my experience has been and, you know, what I believe to be true is that the, our sexuality is at the very foundation of who we are as a human being. And what that means is that, um, you know, having confidence around that part of ourselves can really affect our confidence in other areas of our lives as well. So, and, you know, our sexuality is also where we hold a lot of shame. 
So having shame, what that can do to us is really um, make us go within, shut down, be closed and not be open to um, the world around us. Um, especially when we're in shame, we tend to disconnect and want to you know, hide ourselves more. Um, because we consider ourselves to be bad people. So that need to, to go with within and disconnect. So um, being aware of where we hold shame around our sexuality and bringing that to the light, what that does is it helps us to um, integrate it and to not no longer be sort of triggered or afraid of experiencing and being with that shame. Um, it's not necessarily about getting rid of it because shame is something that you will experience like any other emotion um it's just learning to be able to be comfortable and sit with it and notice how it's showing up and notice that when you're feeling shame what the stories are that are running through your head so like the programming that you have connected to that emotion and and a particular um experience that you might be going through with regards to shame and you know the shame can come from um our own expression of our sexuality it can also come from shame around our bodies Um, And that shame can um, come quite a lot from the conditioning that we get as children. And it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be sort of specific messages where we've, someone's pointed at us and said, you know, um, your genitals are dirty. It can just be the um, really sort of um, almost unnoticeable behaviors that adults might make you know their own discomfort that they display around their own genitals or by you touching your genitals as a child because obviously children are are curious and you know children get to particular ages where they start to explore their bodies um and how a parent can react to that so even a look how they might tense their body just these very very subtle messages we can receive as children and we can internalize them as to mean that either we are bad or the way that we're touching ourselves is bad or maybe our genitals are bad um so it's becoming aware of these um, messages that we might have like i said they can be really subtle it doesn't necessarily need to be something as you know profound and destructive as as sexual trauma it can be really really um sort of what might be seen as insignificant um memories and the thing is it might not necessarily be a cognitive memory but your body remembers it your body remembers that look and you know has completely internalized it so bringing awareness um to where and how we feel shame how we um might disconnect in relationship to other people especially around our sexuality um can really help us to work through it to heal that part of ourselves and then give ourselves this sort of sense of power and inner confidence um because as i said if you're if you're allowing the shame to sort of um determine how you behave and how you act then what you're in essence doing is allowing yourself to stay in shutdown whereas if you bring awareness and you notice that behavior you notice that feeling you can choose then to do something different to behave differently you can choose not to follow that script or that programming that you've you know had for for years so really being able to um notice it make a choice and then choose to do something differently and that's sort of the the process and the way that I like to work and support people yeah definitely and I think what's interesting is that a lot of people especially as they do get older they have this shame and you know they they would really they really struggle when it does come to being intimate with somebody else but it's one of those kind of subjects where 
well, who do they tell? Who do they talk to? And I think a lot of people won't tell their friends. You know, they don't really want to say out loud, you know, I feel X, Y, Z when I'm, you know, intimate in this kind of way. So it's kind of like, well, how, you know, well, 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 how do you get through that? How do you, you know, get around that when that's something that is such a subject that can make people feel so uncomfortable to talk about out loud? But realistically, you know, if they don't, it only is going to affect themselves. And then also, you know, when they are romantic with somebody. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said, you know, where do people go? Because I've spoken to people before and they, you know, they have been to their GP about some sort of, um, you know, may, maybe if it's a man, the, the way that their penis is behaving or not behaving in the way that they want them to, or, you know, for a woman, it might be she isn't, you know, she's struggling to experience orgasm. And it's like, Okay, so I go to the GP. The GP says everything's functioning really well. Maybe I, I even see, you know, um, a urologist or, you know, get further checks done and everything I'm told is fine. And then who do I go to? And, you know, the average counselor, so, you know, the, the person that you would go to for emotional support, a lot of them aren't trained in um, the nuances of sexuality. And also, if you haven't done a lot of your own exploration of your own sexuality, you will, you know, very likely feel uncomfortable talking about other people's if you haven't explored and you aren't aware of your, the, you know, your own personal nuances of your sexuality. So then a lot of people are like, where do I even go to for support? Um, and how do I even start this journey? Um, so yeah, so it's really important to create awareness that there are specific people that can, that can help and support around that. And, you know, the, the, the shame and this discomfort that people experience, you know, it might not necessarily be um, extremely clear or obvious that that's what they're experiencing. But, you know, the shame can manifest itself in, for example, a woman struggling to orgasm could potentially be, could be lots of different reasons, but it could be around shame and it could be around a disconnect from the genitals and feeling uncomfortable, um, you know, looking at her own genitals. and. You know, a lot of um, women have never actually looked at themselves in the mirror. Um, and especially if they have given birth, you know, the idea then of having a look um, at your own vulva, it can, for some women, can be quite terrifying because they just, you know, one, they didn't know what it looked like before. And then two, um, seeing something and it's possibly changed and how that can, can feel. Um, but it's, yeah, but bringing that awareness and really being able to fall in love with your own body and like, a, you know, saying genitals and sexuality being, you know, one of the biggest places where we harbor most of our shame. Once we're able to really come to, you know, fully accept and love that part of ourselves, it just enables us in our sexuality to have a lot more confidence in how we interact with other people. Because, for example, for I'm not sure if yourself or your um, listeners are aware of something that's called the orgasm gap. And basically that's um, dependent on the study that you look at. Um, men tend to orgasm somewhere between 70 to 90% of the time with um, penetration, whereas with women, it's a lot less. So it's, you know, somewhere between 30 and 50, 30 to 50%. And it really depends on the studies that you're looking at. Um, but anyway, there is the gap. And one of the reasons being is a lot of women um, aren't self-pleasuring, so they're not masturbating, so they don't know where their pleasure is or how to experience pleasure because they don't want to touch themselves. They don't know how to ask for what they want and they don't feel confident doing so. So it's learning 
you know, how to be able to ask for that and be confident voicing it and not feeling like you're being needy or high maintenance, which is something that a lot of women experience, you know, that when they have wants and needs that they're actually high maintenance. Um, but that can often be, you know, yeah. somebody else's discomfort of receiving that information and how it triggers yeah. them and makes them feel. So, um, so you have all of these different elements that can be feeding into, um, a woman's sexuality and her ability of whether or not to experience an orgasm. And then when you take a look at what men experience, you know, men can experience a lot of shame around their genitals. They, there's a lot for men around, um, you know, penis size. So, you know, a lot of men can experience mm. discomfort, especially if they are, um, as teenagers, you know, a little bit behind with puberty and their penis hasn't grown to the size of the other, you know, teenagers in the same, you know, like locker room, for example, or, you know, changing space for, for PE or whatever it might be at school. And that for men can sit with them, even, you know, when they do mature and they do reach puberty, that that um, feeling of being, you know, smaller or less than, it can carry through, you know, as they um, get older. And a lot of men also can have this feeling of needing to perform, that um, sex for them is a, is a performance and it determines sort of their sense of masculinity. So um, and they can feel a lot of shame for not being able to please a woman. And if they don't, you know, please a woman, then they project that shame back on themselves um, or they can project it out onto their partner and almost blame their partner in a way. Um, and that's when you can get mm-hmm. in relationships, this sort of like disconnect between each other, you know, when people aren't communicating and they're behaving from a wounded place and those wounds are projecting at each other um, without really fully understanding what's happening internally for them um, and then being able to communicate it from a vulnerable place um, and then being able to listen to somebody else's vulnerable share without taking it personally, which can be also just as challenging. (laughs) The thing is, is everybody's different. Uh, As in, I don't mean like everybody, I mean everybody, physical, the Mm. body is different. Um, and everyone's, you know, might work slightly differently for certain things. And it's just, you know, just because it might have, you know, worked with someone in the past, you know, it is about listening to your partner in the present because, and not getting so defensive or, you know, feeling that it's your fault or something or, or it's their fault. It's actually just, it's learning to explore each other, which I think a lot of the time, not everyone will do because they think that they know what they're doing or they don't need to be told any differently. And I think it's really important actually with communication to be able to sit down and say, you know, X, Y, Z, but, but that again, it can be, you know, two different ways can go, you know, there's a, that we were saying that, you know, you could get quite defensive and no, 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 I, I know what I'm doing. Or there's also the shame of even being someone that says, by the way, maybe you're not doing it how I like it, or you're not doing it, I wouldn't say right, but you're not doing it. So there's actually two different ways which people can struggle with. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I, and I, you know, this is one of the things quite often that um, I speak to people about is having the conversations and how to actually approach different subjects. Yeah. Um, because we can be so caught up in our own experience and what we're making it mean about us that actually if we take a moment to yeah. pause, 
The other person is actually running with a program and a story about how the situation is making them feel about themselves. And if you can, you know, just take a moment and pause and really listen to what the other person is saying and their own wounds around something, it just gives you this opportunity for your heart to open and just really be present and listen to the other person. And it does give the opportunity to create, um, well, it's a vulnerable share. So with vulnerabilities, you know, automatically there's going to be intimacy, isn't there? Um, and it does really give you that opportunity to to drop further in into, yeah, a deeper sense of intimacy and heart opening as well. And, you know, the, the, the issue, I suppose, in inverted commas that we have around sex is um, how men and women tend to approach sex differently. Um, and that comes down a lot to the conditioning that we've received. So women haven't had the permission as much as men to be sexual you know for women it's either you're like the virgin or the whore there's sort of like no gray area um and so it's difficult for a lot of women to be able to be sexual because then even if you like sex and you enjoy it and you're a very sexual person there's always this fear that you might be being used for it um so it's about being sexually empowered Full, in your full authentic sexual expression, but at the same time ensuring that the people that you're attracting are also, you know, at a similar level to yourself in how they approach the sexuality. And then, you know, for men, you've got the issue that a lot of them grow up with the conditioning that they aren't allowed to be emotional, that they need to hide their emotions, that they can't, you know, give each other hugs, they can't be physically intimate with other human beings unless it's a partner it's okay with their mother as a child and then it gets to a certain age where that's no longer considered culturally as appropriate but you know men are human beings and still need that intimate connection with other human beings they don't have permission for that they don't have you know cultural permission to be emotional and what happens is you get a lot of men holding that in and repressing it And it means then that, you know, when men get older, the only access that they have really that's to physical and emotional intimacy that they are allowed, and again, inverted commas, the allowed, is sex. So it makes sense in a way that, you know, men will reach towards women for connection around sex because um, that's where they get a lot of their physical and emotional intimacy needs met. Um, and you know, when men be, begin to make this realization that that's, you know, the behavior that they have and why, and they really begin to take a look at that, that's when they're able to, again, like I said before, once you become aware of it, then you get to choose to do it differently. And the choice isn't an easy one because if you spent your whole life, you know, being told not to give people hugs and not to t- be vulnerable with how you feel, it feels really difficult to start doing that. You know, it feels really uncomfortable. Um, you know, there's a, like, feels like almost a warning system in your body going, no, don't do this. It's dangerous. Um, so being able to be with that discomfort, um, and, you know, reach out to another human being and ask for a hug or ask to speak to them from a vulnerable position, you know, that really does begin the journey of a deeper connection. And it's a deeper connection that, both of us actually want, so us being men and women, we both actually want that. So in in my work, what I have noticed is that men and women want exactly the same things. Like there's no difference. You know, how they talk about dating, how they talk about the relationship, 
how they talk about not being seen in their relationship or how they talk about not being valued. It's all exactly the same. It's just that our conditioning is different and how we react to the other person is different and how we, you know, trigger each other. Those are, those are the only differences. So if we can remember that our partner or the people that we interact with also want the same thing. So if we can bring ourselves to that sort of thought and, and remind ourselves that the other person wants the same thing, but they're just going about it in a way that's not necessarily healthy. It means we can have empathy. It means we can still maintain our boundaries as well, which is really important because, you know, sometimes when I talk about empathy, people think that you just need to allow them anything to happen because they're just, you know, operating from their own trauma and absolutely not. Empathy doesn't mean that then you need to sort of let your boundaries go. You maintain your boundaries, but what it does is it enables a connection and an understanding for you to um, speak to and deal with that person so that you're not doing it from your own triggered place, taking it personally, because their behavior mm. is not personal to you. It is just the stuff that they've got going on in their head and their own stories. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to somebody then that um, maybe wants to, wants to, wants to um, how do I say this they they they, they want to they want to be more vulnerable with their partner um and they are they're so worried or they're so scared and you know to put themselves out there and to be honest you know what you know whatever it is especially when it comes to sex and you know like we were saying before they're not doing it correctly not I don't mean correctly they're not doing it how this person wants to or enjoys it and they're worried to put themselves out there and be vulnerable what what would you say because I think that's really important and like I think we were saying before is not a lot of people, I mean, you're not going to ask your friends, how do I, you know, be vulnerable? And how do I ask, you know, my partner to X, Y, Z? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, when you make the very, very first decision to do this already, the awareness is, is, a, is a huge step, you know, that you want to already be vulnerable. So the fact that you are even aware of that is already, I think, most of it. Um, and the next thing is being really clear on what you want to say. And it's really important that when you share things, that you share them from a place of self-responsibility. So rather than saying you don't do this and you don't do that, talking about what I would like and it would feel good to me to receive. Um, and then the, the other person is less likely to feel that you are criticizing them, making judgments or yeah. um, picking on them in any way. So taking full responsibility for that. So how I feel and using I statements is really, really important to that. Also, you know, when you want to share how you're feeling, again, um, taking full responsibility to how I feel. So rather than saying, you know, you don't think about me because, you know, you don't do the dishwasher, you know, as, as an example, it's always me that does it. You know, you can say something along the lines of, um, it would mean a lot to me if we could come to another agreement or arrangement around the dishwasher. I'm feeling like at the moment that I'm taking a lot of the, the, the weight around the house. So it would be really great if we could come to some sort of conclusion around that. So you're not telling them what to do. You're giving them the opportunity to come with a solution, but you're also explaining how you're feeling um, in, a, in a way that's sort of self-responsible. Mm -hmm. And then also... You know, as you share that, being mindful that the other person is very likely, no matter how well you say it, it's very likely that the other person could potentially be triggered by that. 
Why? Because they are used to how you have always dealt with situations. So if you tend to have always dealt with situations from a place of you don't do this and you don't do that, it's going to take them some time to unhear the finger pointing. So, you know, and it can take somewhere between three to six months of you changing a pattern in yourself to the other person sort of responding to that pattern in the way that you intend for them to to respond to it, if that makes sense. So for me to change how I speak to my partner um, so that they no longer, so that I'm no longer pointing the finger and I'm talking from a place of I feel it could take them three months before they actually adapt to it. And gentle reminders when you're speaking to them, I'm not blaming you. I was just explaining how I'm feeling about the situation. So being mindful that, yeah, when their triggers come up, that, you know, one, it's because of they're used to already how you've been talking. And two, it's again that those internal stories and, you know, one way for to create more intimacy is when that person is talking about their stories, but you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't do whatever, you know, as they're coming back at you and being defensive, a good question is, and how does that make you feel? And, you know, encouraging them to explore the emotions around what they're experiencing. Um, and the reason being is we get so often stuck in stories and point scorings that we're not actually paying attention to how that makes us feel. So if you ask your partner, how does that make you feel? It just creates a moment of pause, gives time for the person to really think about it. And if they drop into a story again, which quite often a lot of people do if they're not used to talking about how something makes them feel, say to them, how does that make you feel? Angry, sad, disgusted, upset, mm-hmm. you know, give some emotions and just give them a moment again to understand what that means. Like, how do I feel? Not many people get asked that. So just really giving them the, the space to really understand, you know, what emotion am I feeling at that time? And- yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that's the thing is like we were saying before, you know, people were triggered for different reasons and people have, you know, different triggers for different things. but it's okay and if you do share your opinion or you do get vulnerable with someone and then they are triggered and their defense you know their fences come up and you know their their mechanisms come out it's not necessarily you um it's not your fault uh, especially if you have been vulnerable don't then not be vulnerable again because they got maybe defensive and something like that because like you were saying it's something that's probably from the past it is in the in their head that's just that triggered them so then it's like okay well then how do we get through these triggers um, because then that helps the person that maybe was slightly more defensive or triggered, you know, balance that out. And then also the person that's been vulnerable, it can help the person that's been vulnerable also be more vulnerable in the future without the fear. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and this is what, you know, where really good listening skills come in as well, because when you're able to really listen to what somebody else is saying, that's when people feel safe then to be able to speak to you, um, you know, we, if, if you think about the people that you speak to and go to, and when you want to talk about something, the ones that immediately offer you advice, the ones that sort of dismiss your experience, you know, you either find that you'll do one of two things. You'll either argue back, yeah, but it's this and yeah, but it's that because you, what your goal is in that situation is that you want to be seen and you want to be heard and you want, you, you, you want them to recognize what your pain is around that particular topic. So you keep arguing, hoping that they will see the pain, not necessarily your point of view regarding the story, but the pain. You want to be seen in that pain. And then, you know, the other way that you might behave is completely shut down because you don't feel seen. You don't feel 
um, heard in what you're saying. So the easiest way to respond to that is just completely shutting down and not continuing the conversation. Um, so, and those are the, the two ways. So if you notice as you're speaking to somebody that they are, it feels like they're arguing back or it feels like they're completely shut down, then the invitation is just to take a moment how can my response, how can my behavior, what I am saying actually be causing that response in the other person? Do you feel that, you know, when people can get to that part, when they do love, you know, who they are in that respect, it does help with being vulnerable and with being open and maybe with, you know, having conversations moving forward with partners? Yeah, because, you know, when you feel confident in yourself and who you are, um, you are more likely to have better boundaries. You are better at communicating what you want because you understand what you want as well. It seemed like a bit of an odd, um, um, sort of comparison. But you know, if you go out for a meal and you don't want something, you will say to the waiter or waitress, you know, can I have this, but not like this and not like that. Like you feel totally comfortable. Yeah you know, changing the dish to meet your needs because we're allowed to do that. But we're also allowed to say how we want our bodies to be touched and or not to be touched as well. I mean, even more so, you know, so we're mindful of what we're putting in our body and how that makes us feel. But what about how we're touching or, you know, allowing our bodies to be touched? It's important to to recognize that and to be able to voice it and communicate it. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that, again, you know, when we are younger, you know, we are encouraged to kiss that aunt or uncle that we don't really want to kiss. So we're being told that our body, our body autonomy and body boundaries don't really matter because, you know, kiss Auntie Jane because you've not seen her since last year. So you don't want to, but you're, you're, you're in a way forced to. And so you, you end up with these patterns of behavior of allowing people to touch you in a way that you don't really want to be touched. Um, because that's been your whole pattern your whole life. Whereas if you can, be 100% confident in how you like to be touched, where you like to be touched, then it just makes sense that it's going to be easier then for you to be able to voice that because you know yourself. Um, and it's also nice as well to know your boundaries about what you don't like. I'm sure it happens a lot of the time where someone says no and the response is, oh, but you're going to really enjoy it or, oh, please let me do it. You're going to really, in, you know, you're going to, you're going to love it or, you know, I don't want anything in return. You know, I want to do this for you. And you still say no, but they still say, oh, but come on, you're going to really enjoy it. I think it's really important that if you have a boundary and you know, knew even before the person tries to convince you that you didn't want to do it, I think it's so important to just keep saying no. And then if that person's not going to listen to you, then, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a completely different ball game. But I think it's really important that as long as you keep up your boundaries and you, if you know you don't want it, it's, it's not falling into the trap of, Oh, but you're going to really enjoy it. I don't want anything in return. And then again, actually, I wanted to then ask one more thing. So, you know, what what piece of advice would you give to someone then that you know they are they are aware and they you know they're they're you know learning about themselves, but they're not happy. They're not happy with you know they're not happy with what it looks like. Maybe the size. They're just not happy. Um, and you know, it's, it's quite difficult to change those things. So what would you say to someone that's really adamant that they're just not happy? So my first, um, question would be to understand exactly what brought them to not like themselves. 
So um, I know good practices to actually, so there are resources um, on the internet where you can look at lots of different, for women, you can look at lots of different vulvas because obviously porn tends to have this idea of like the perfect vulva, but vulvas are so very, very different. Um, so actually going and looking at so many different vulvas and it's like, oh my gosh, that can completely change your idea because yeah. we don't see other people's vulvas don't really know what they look like you know um we see our own maybe not everybody does um so yeah um seeing different vulvas and the same for men seeing pictures of flaccid um flaccid penises because again a lot of men when they see penises they tend to see them erect so actually going and, and searching out those images so you can get an idea of the variety and the, you know, just like there are with faces, the variety and difference that there is with with faces, there is exactly the same with, with genitals. And I think if you're able to be aware of that and see that and notice that and also be aware of all the thoughts and stories that you've got, maybe somebody has said something once or, you know, bringing presence and understanding from those two different perspectives can really begin again that process of learning to love yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no it's uh yeah I mean it makes sense and it is it's just it's learning to love yourself and you know learning to be able to look in the mirror and just you know appreciate what is looking you know what you can see looking back at you and I think that's hugely important and I think it really does help then moving forward with you know your partner or whoever you are intimate with 100% so is there anything else that you would like to mention or talk about today um no I would say that's um yeah I, well we could go off on loads of other different topics but around what we've covered yeah that's great Talia thank you Awesome. Perfect. And then you just, I just wanted to share then you, you run courses, don't you? And you've got one, I mean, obviously depending on when this airs, you've got one coming out soon. So what, what are the courses? So, yeah, so I have got, um, the queen of blowjobs, an online course, and that's, um, being launched or was launched on the 14th of March. Um, and that is not so much about technique. It's more about women who would like to enjoy giving a blowjob, but maybe because of their own conditioning around their own sexuality, around genitals, they feel not very confident or a lot of discomfort. Um, so that course is there to um, support women in understanding all of that conditioning, working through it, holding their shame and finding a part of themselves that they can empower to actually really enjoy um, giving head. I also have um, men who are sharing very vulnerably their experience with blowjobs, their sexuality, and also the relationship to their genitals. So it's a real great educational resource as well for women to understand men and their fears and anxieties as well around sex and, and their own bodies. And then um, I have um, my normal one-to-one -one coaching, which is for men and women. And then I've got another course coming up in um, August, which is around female pleasure. So for women who don't feel comfortable touching themselves, that don't have a good relationship with their vulva, that would like to learn how to self-pleasure in a really supportive, conscious way without shame, um, I'll be releasing that one on the 8th of August, which is Fem International Female Orgasm Day. So. <laughs> 
It's the 14th of March. That's when I release um, the Queen of Blowjobs. It's um, International Steak and Blowjob Day. So I thought that would be an apt time to to release it. So, And all of that information can be found on my website, yeah, which is carlacruvaro.com. Awesome. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Talia, for having me. Thank you, Carla. And if you found that any of this resonated with you and you want to talk, you can reach out to Carla at www.carlacravaro.com. So, do you love yourself, your body, and what you see in the mirror? Do you get triggered and harbour shame sexually? Are you scared to be vulnerable or say no? These are all very common. However, why don't you think about these this week and see what comes up? Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.